Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know about you guys, but a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I just have a really good feeling that i got to throw some cash on it and make a big buck. Other times I bet my team because I know my team and, well, they're my team. Whether you've been betting for years or you're starting out, let my bookie be the best bet for you. They got mobile site, plenty of sports to bet on, plenty of props, live bets, all kind of stuff, you guys. And we got the Super Bowl coming up. Plenty of stuff to bet on there. And if you enter the promo code CHAIR, we'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. So put 100, get 100 back. So go to mybookie.ag. You bet, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, welcome in. It's another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host. Brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a seat. All right, guys, happy Monday to you. I'm heading to work, and it's I'm heading a little late. Uh, long story short... The hot water heater um, in my apartment went. So, hasn't been fun the last you know last few you know, twenty four hours. So we got it fixed. I'm heading into work now, so I'm sure I got to deal with that now. Always a fun thing. And I just got cut up on Amazon Prime truck. Uh, thank God, nothing bad happened there because I really don't feel like dealing with insurance again and I don't really I would hate to see somebody's Amazon uh, you know stuff get delayed because well you know somebody you know was just in a hurry well, who knows maybe they have a deadline to meet obviously a lot's happened in the last well last 24 hours but as for in the world of Pitt you know just a little bit's happened well for one thing Pitt lost to Syracuse 69-61 Pitt started off slow. Their key player, Justin Champagny, uh, got into foul trouble early, which is he was the focal point of their um, their game plan. If you write up on um, the game or and close, of course, watched it. I watched as much as I could, but I just picked up some stuff. I know I um, you know, Alan Saunders of Pittsburgh Sports Now had five takeaways, and you know, one of the things was you know the Champagny being in foul trouble. As he was the focal point of their game plan, and once he was out of foul trouble, they were pretty much screwed. On top of that, Buddy Beheim was a thorn in pitch side once again. Pitt did recover, but in the end, they just couldn't get the. Uh, well, they had one. Re- there was a, a possession where they could have, you know, gotten the rebound, and well, Syracuse player, you know, did a uh, nice little hockey shove, and well, got the rebound. And nothing was called. But Pitt battled back, and but in the end, they just couldn't get that last. They just needed one more possession and just couldn't get it. Sucks. But that's the thing is, Pitt, you know, fell behind early, and they just, you know, with this team, they can't afford to, to do that. Especially not against Syracuse at the Dome. 
play against a zone defense because, you know, the 2-3 zone has always been the bread and butter of Syracuse and it gives us fits. We haven't really been able to infiltrate the zone since, um, well, Jamie Dixon left. Jamie knew how to kill the zone. I think we'll get there. We just need the right personnel to do it with. We just haven't done it. Or maybe comes on to coaching as well. Who knows? But Pitt has Duke coming up tomorrow. And watching this team so far, they remind me a lot of the 2000-2001 Pitt team. Where they would just, you know, some games they would just barely lose. They would lose heartbreakers. And some games they would just come out of nowhere and just they would just turn your heads. And, of course, that year they finished 19-13 and 13 overall. I mean, they did lose a game against Duquesne. But they also pulled off a big win against Georgetown that year. And Georgetown was undefeated at the time. And it featured the, uh, the dunk by Boomche Boomche from Julius Page. Where Julius saw uh, you know, on a break, Julius went up over him. And Boomche, I think, was like 7 foot, 7 1. Page was 6'2, six, 6'3. Six, and he dunked over him. And it, was, it wasn't just a, you know, it was like an in your face kind of dunk. And pretty much that set the tone for Pitt basketball for the next, mm, up until. Up until Jamie Dixon left, because it just it set a new attitude that you know, hey, this is us, and we're we're here to compete in the Big East, and these games aren't going to be gimmies anymore. As we saw, you know, because our next season, some people were were surprised, but we weren't. You know, they uh, came out, especially in the other conference. The year before, we got destroyed by Penn State. I think at least by ten or twenty. And that's when they had that's when they had the Crispins. And, of course, one of them would transfer. But the next year we played against uh, Jerry Dunn's Penn State team and Pitt whipped them by, I think, almost 20 or 30 points. I think uh, Jerry Dunn was in, almost in tears, I think. That's how bad the game was. I mean, we Pitt literally did, killed them. They killed their pride. And Jerry Dunn was at the beginning of, of a zen at Penn State. And, of course, uh, we, they took on Ohio State the next, you know, next game and they destroyed Ohio State. And at the time, I remember we went to the uh, Big East uh, schedule. Boston College was like the world beater. They were they were one of the favorites to win the Big East that year, and Pitt beat them as well. I mean, they I mean, Pitt just came out of nowhere and surprised the hell of everybody. And before you know, it, we were back in the uh, I think I believe we won the Big East uh, subconference that year. I think it was the Big East West. We won, and of course, we went to the Big East uh, tournament. And we, we took UConn overtime. Probably should have won that. UConn obviously disrespected us in that game as I believe it was Karam Butler in the interview and he referred us to us as Notre Dame. He got the team fucking wrong. Yep, dickheads. But that team could have, I felt, should have went deeper in the, in the, in the um, tournament than what they did. Unfortunately, we ran to Antonio Gates in Kent State and went to overtime and just ran out of gas. It sucked. That was a game we should have won. I don't know how we lost to Kent State, a Mac had been major, but that's just how things go sometimes. So I see a lot of this. Um, I see a lot into this current team. 
I think in the, if they get to the ACC tournament, I think they will make some. They will make noise. They won't win it, but I think they will win some games. They won't be a one. You know, they, they'll they'll advance to their next bracket, but I think they may win more. And they'll leave us more. You know, with a preview what the, what to expect next season for them. So to not be surprised if they uh, start coming out of the gates next year, beating the crap out of everybody. And excuse my turn signal and the clicking, but yeah, I'm trying to make a turn. But let's just hope and pray. Anyways, all right, we're good. Uh, Big East football released their schedule. Well, not Big East football. I'm trying. I'm talking about ACC. I'm still stuck in a Big East frame. Uh, Pitt football released their schedule. Um, looking at it, they got out of conference. They got Miami of Ohio. They got Marshall, and actually, it's at Marshall. They got Richmond, the Richmond Spiders, and they got Notre Dame. Looking at that out of conference schedule on paper, Pitt should go at least three and one. Uh, I should not see two and two. I better not see a two and two. They should go three and one with that schedule. There's no excuse as to why they can't. Most of their defensive starters are back. Excuse me, I'm trying to change lanes. There's no excuse as to why they can't go three and three and one in that schedule at least. The opportunity to go four and zero exists because their name isn't all that great. But at the end of the day, it's Notre Dame. We have always a hard time with them, no matter what. So, 3-1, and one, and of course we go in conference. In conference, well, let's see. There's no excuse as to why we can't go at least 4-3. and three. So, we're looking at seven wins right now in regular season. And include the bowl game, we should get hopefully at least eight, because I'm sure... At 7-5, we'll get some sort of blowjob.com bowl game against uh, another Mac school or conference, you would say, or Sunbelt or whatever. And there's no excuse as to why we can't win that one. So overall, we're looking at eight, um, yeah, eight wins. Uh, could we win more? Could we go, not, you know, eight and, you know, eight and um, let's see, nine and three overall? Sure. I can see it happening. Or eight and four, nine and four overall. And of course, you know, nine and three, ten and three. It's I mean the, the possibilities are endless. They exist. But at the end of the day, it's freaking January. And we don't know anything until uh well. Actually we'll know more until spring till at least what we have. But uh, you know, Mark Whipple really wanted um, Joey Yellen to come on, and I believe he's going to be eligible for this year. Because of, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett struggles. Or we're just not seeing the production from Kenny by his senior year. Well, I mean, he produced a lot more. It's because we threw the ball a lot more. Well, at least we got somebody who's ready to step in. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the possibilities for more wins exist, but if, I'm, but if I'm making a bet, if the overall wins is like six, I'm taking the over because, you know, pitch get more than six wins. If it's seven, I'm taking the over as well because, well, yeah, I mean, 
pitch to win at least eight games. So, yeah, possibilities are endless. Let's just hope uh, they surprise us and win more. I mean, I mean, could we get could we go to ten and three and match what we did? You know, when we you know we're runners up in the Big East and Dave Wass has you know finest year. Sure, a lot, a lot. I mean, a lot's there. A lot is definitely there. Now, I did raise something from John Rothstein about Rutgers being 15-5. and five. Um, I'm sure Brandon Knight is probably going to... He may, you know, be... I'm not sure how much of this is uh, the credit to Brandon, but maybe he uh, is a discussion. If Rutgers keeps us up, maybe he gets a discussion for uh, a head coaching job. And, of course, people will say, well, you know, this proves that we should have hired Brandon, you know, back when you know, Jamie left. You know, it doesn't really matter. I don't think Brandon was really ready to be a head coach at that time. Although, he wouldn't have been any uh, worse than Kevin Stollings. But you saw what, what guys like Marcus Carr and Parker Stewart are doing. Even Bryce Golden, Aaron Thompson. Some of the guys that you know, Stollings recruited. Who knows what we would have had. But, as we saw what happened with that, you know, with the uh, players that Jamie left him. It was disastrous. I mean, he had you know artists and young, and those were guys, those were NBA caliber players. I mean, people say that uh, you know Jamie did leave Stallings a, a lottery draft pick and Cam Johnson, but we didn't know Cam Johnson was going to be a draft pick until he left North Carolina. He wasn't he wasn't a lottery even close to being a lottery pick when he was at Pitt. And if he was stayed at Pitt, I doubt he even becomes a lottery pick. He went to North Carolina, played against better talent, practiced against better talent, game in and game out, day in and day out. And he obviously realized his potential then. But I'm sure Brandon, you know, if he keeps up, he may end up getting a pet coaching job, but who knows? Maybe he comes back. If he's not paying enough, as we've all seen this before, maybe he will come back to Pitt. And he will, uh, you know, you know, be the head coach and come home. You know, the, the Pittsburgh guy. Uh, Super Bowl is coming up, and of course, you know, I was hoping to tweet the anticipation about the Super Bowl yesterday, but it was overridden by well, the news that we all heard about. Uh, it was the news that rocked the world and. And there's people that are still reeling, reeling from this. I mean, NBA players, obviously. NBA fans, because there's a lot of passionate fans. Or just people in general that know, that grew up watching uh, Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe, obviously, when he started um, in the NBA, I, I believe I was still in high school. I graduated in 97. I think Kobe's first year, you know, he, he got in in 96, I think. 96, 97, maybe. He was just coming in. He was a, he was still a teenager. I mean, I mean when Brandy was still talking about Kobe, you know the, the singer. I remember at the time. That's when you know. That's when the you know that was that era. I mean, late nineties. You had all that, and I remember he came to the league. I mean, just out of high school and. We saw big things from him, and of course they they, they get Shaq. 
at the same time, and then boom, with Phil Jackson, they wrote off three string B titles. I mean, I, I, I hate the guy because, well, Larry Bird became a head coach, and he was doing pretty well in Indiana, and I, I would have loved to see Indiana win a title for once. And, of course, well, they had to face the Lakers, and it just didn't work out. I mean, the closest the Pacers got to a title, I would say, was probably Bird's second year. Or maybe first year, was it? And they fell short against the Bulls, which was which, which would be uh, Jordan's uh, last year. They came very close to winning that. And took the Bulls to the uh, to, to the end. But um, then the next season, they um, they had a really co- championship cover team, and they choked against the Knicks. And then they had then their last gasp, which was Burt's final year. They had the um, you know the, the Lakers, and well, there was that. The marriage between Kobe and Shaq would eventually end. Uh, Kobe would win a few more titles, I believe. I mean, um, but, you know, he always gave us a reason to hate him, and the guy was just damn good. I mean, he was a hell of a player to watch. And to, I mean, towards the end of his career, he was always hurt, and he closed out with a 60-point performance against the Jazz, I believe. I mean, the guy, he was a hell of a player. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. I mean, uh I, you know, I woke up the night that, that day hoping to tweet about the Super Bowl, and here I'm seeing the tweets about R.I.P. Kobe, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm reading the teams, he's reporting that um, he died in a plane crash, and, or a helicopter crash, I should say, correction. And with, with TMZ releases stuff like this, you always have to wait till 8,000 sources have to confirm, because you never know if they're, if they're lying or not. Or they're just getting unconfirmed sources, and well, I mean, once the uh, the sheriff's office confirmed it, and I guess that's what pissed a lot of people off. Is you know, TMZ had the uh, the story before that, you know, and was able to break it before the the family members had um knew, had the news. They had the news yet, and it's already been reported. And on top of that, you had other stuff happening where they said all of Kobe's daughters were on the plane. It really was just one of them, and it was Kobe and a bunch of other passengers. That had, you know, that had kids with him as well. Overall, I mean, it was, you know, it was tragic and they probably should cancel the games because these guys were in the right frame of, frame of mind to play. You know, they were very emotional. I mean, it's, it's you know, and you saw it. I mean, these guys weren't, you know, they, they just weren't in the right frame of mind. And of course, if Kobe really wanted them to play, they would have. You know, I mean, he would have wanted them to play. And that's what they did. And, but at the end of the day, it just sucks. And, of course, you, you know, it's a, just a tragic loss. And it just reminds you how, you know, how, how short your life can be. I mean, um, I know you guys know all about this. I'm sure you've lost, you know, parents, family members, friends, something I too soon. And you realize that, you know, your time on this planet isn't as long as you thought you had it. I mean, you can be very healthy. I mean, look at, I mean, look at Maggie Dixon, Jamie Dixon's uh, sister. I mean, she was very healthy, very young. She had a heart condition, boom, that, it was it. 
I mean, she didn't know, but she didn't know about it. Or you get a loved one who's hit with you know a you know, life-ending disease, and you know, like you know, like you're my best friend. I mean, he got hit with it. Next, you know, he was you know he got hit with it early you know 2019, and then months later he was gone. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you how you know the you know, the time on this you know it's precious. I mean, and you don't have a lot of it as you thought you did, and. Well, you just got to let, you know, you know, live each day to the fullest because that's what, you know, we always hear this all the time when, when death is, when death happens. Live each day, each day, by, day by the fullest. Don't let stuff get the, yeah, uh, because then it's all bullshit. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's all bullshit. So that's all I can really say about all that, I mean, I'm sure, because, you know, I'm sure you guys have all read the, uh, all read the tweets about, you know, about life advice and whatnot, and so I'm not going to, you know, recycle all of it, although I just pretty much did, but, yeah, I mean, just bring about all the, all the tributes, I mean, James Conner supposedly was talking to the guy, you know, they were publishing their books, yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible, and just uh, you, you know, you be, all the memories have come up. You know, from we've all watched them, and and of course, some people are um, using it now to push a certain agenda about it. I mean, because of Kobe's past. I mean, there was a Kobe. I guess he said, uh, you know, he had a, you know, he has he had, he was tr- you know accused of rape, and the charges were dismissed. And people were saying, well, don't forget the guy was a rapist. Well, his charges were dismissed. I mean, he settled on a court and... I'm not, saying, you know, I'm not saying he did or didn't do it, but at the same time, this is the same reason why when people mention Ben Roethlisberger, he gets the same energy from people. So, this, I mean, it's funny because the same people that are exuding the same energy towards Kobe get pissed off when Ben Roethlisberger gets mentioned about his you know, his past well you know again I can't understand why to bring up Ben's past again well here's the thing if you're going to bring up Kobe's past they're going to bring up Ben's past that's just how it is you know it's going to it's going to be kept cons- it's going to be kept consistent so I mean you know if you're gonna bring up Kobe's past, don't get pissed off if they bring up Ben's past or whoever's past. You know, Ben settled. I mean, Ben and his both of them. He had, he settled suits. I mean, the one, the one he settled out of court. I mean, Kobe eventually had to sell his out. I mean, Kobe mentioned that uh, you know he says you know they had you know stuff they had an encounter, but he claims that. Um, you know, the assault actually didn't take place. You know, I don't know. But anyways, moving on. But, you know, these people that are exuding this energy, I mean, they didn't care about it until it ha- you know, until this happens. And then you got the people who say, well, don't forget, you know, the, um, well, you guys are more than Kobe. So-and-so's, you know, so-and-so died. 
And yet, you know, the guy, I guess, the, this, I mean, the people that died died last week, but he waits till uh, Kobe's death to um, do this. Yeah. It's just all, you know, I don't know. They did the same stuff when Prince died as well. You know. It's just... You always get the you always get the, the morality police, no matter what. They always come from, and they all come from all shapes and sizes, you know, political views and whatnot. Oh no, I mean, Kobe's memory is going to live on mainly because, well, because of the people you see playing against. You know, they're playing now. Kobe was obviously influenced in their lives when they played. And on top of that, they're always going to be in the discussion with Kobe. Was this guy better than Kobe? How would Co- how would Kobe's uh, how would Kobe's Lakers teams play against uh, you know match up against these against these teams? The guy's all his memory's going to live on because he's always going to be in the discussion, no matter whether it's a player or a certain uh, dynasty and whatnot. So the guy's going to always live on, no matter what. He's gonna live on through the through the players, and just through the discussions that you're gonna have with other NBA fans, with comparisons. The guy isn't gonna go anywhere. It just it just sucks that you know him and his daughter, who they complete you know a bond with, they're, they're done, they're gone. So I'll end it here, guys. I'll let you have the rest of your week back. We'll talk Super Bowl later this week. More pit hoops. How to pitch you guys. Talk to you later.